0: Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and the new Witch Yes merch. Yay! Hi! I'm Alicia Herder, And I'm Tara Keck.
1: On today's episode, we're talking about the satanic panic, witches in the news, and a spell on the pressure of performing gender. Kara, before we talk about this review,
0: we have merchandise? Yes. Surprise. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She's like acting like she hasn't been working on it the past month and a half. What? Who me? What do we have? We have, what do we have? We have t-shirts. T-shirts. We We got sweaters. We have, guess what? Masks. We have masks. You
1: can get little baby clothes
0: (gasps) for your baby witch. Adorable.
1: You're gonna love it hunty's gonna love it hunty all of my nieces and nephews are gonna love it (laughs) it's all they get for the rest of their lives just updated witch yes merchandise like Mm -hmm. super fans baby super fans
0: every christmas every christmas every halloween every birthday please stop i have 800 of these baby witch glass figurines of me. With <laughs> <laughs> a little microphone.
1: I mean, i just not in Indiana, so they have to remember me by something, right?
0: Yeah, they need a glass figurine where if you put it underneath a light, it makes like a pretty like rainbow light like you get at the Disney World. And it's like my face in rainbow. Light. Yes, it is. Yeah. And it sings a song. You wind it up and it sings,
1: it's
0: a small world.
1: No, it's... No, I was like... Wake
0: up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. <laughs> it's like it's like a um, a music box. I
1: like your version of a music box. Music boxes are way creepier than that for me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like a little haunted, a little spooky, mm-hmm. more Tchaikovsky than you would
0: ever want. It's like. So you and I, we did um, a fantastic merch photo shoot. We did. We were gorgeous. It was very hot. It was very sweaty. But we did it for you.
1: It rained beforehand. So we got that nice, nice production value.
0: (sighs) Yeah. Everything was glistening.
1: Everything was glistening. Our hair went from like sleek and perfect to poof. Oh, little poodles. But you can find the merchandise at tpublic.com slash witch hyphen yes. And of course, it's in the show notes. Like, of course,
0: we got you. We
1: got you. It's just a click and a hop away. You're you're the one doing the hop.
0: You're doing. So you have to click. Then you have to unlock the website through a series of hops, and dance, dance, revolution, <laughs> musical numbers. We've lost them all. They're <laughs> like we are it's never like, getting this. If I can't just click and I'm I'm out. I'm sorry I ruined the show. That's okay. I'm sorry I ruined our merch launch. We've got more show. <laughs> we do because <laughs> now we have to read. A review. Da, 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 da. This is from Gold underscore Lion. Ooh. They say goo, goo, goo. Oh, person after my own heart. Gold Lion says, love this podcast. I'm going to say what most people say when they write their first review. I never write reviews. Yeah. Me either, dude. Thank you for the honesty. Yeah. I find you relatable. This is a great podcast for baby witches or anyone who wants to learn more about witchy subjects. Start from episode one and catch up, which I said, don't tell them that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I read that before and I was like, ooh,
0: episode one? Ooh, oh, episode three? Ooh. Season one? Oh. <laughs> Even some of the early, early Patreon
1: episodes. And then they get to the tea episode and they're like, what is wrong with them? And we're like.
0: (laughs) 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 But besides that, merch, reviews, baby hunty. What else is going on? Marcel and I are
1: celebrating our three year anniversary of dating. Holy shit. The longest I've ever dated any motherfucker.
0: Woof. How are you feeling in your heart, in your body, in your soul? Like a toddler. <laughs> Three years of dating, I know nothing. I haven't learned shit. Can you use a toilet yet? Are you potty trained? I am potty trained. Early, early potty trained toddler relationship. Yeah. That's
1: great. You know, I had like the pee pads and stuff. Like, <laughs> I figured out how to use that. Now I go outside.
0: Now she goes outside. By myself. Whoa.
1: Which is dangerous. You shouldn't be out I there. I should not be outside You're by myself. You're a toddler. Myself. I'm a baby. <laughs>
0: Somebody call 311. Please pick me up. <laughs> Who lets me go outside? But okay, so three years, what have you learned? What do you have? Do you have any advice? I've for... learned nothing. Okay. I guess I've learned to be nice.
1: That's a big one. That's a big one. <laughs> what does that mean to be nice? <laughs> to, I guess it would mean to reframe things in a gentler approach
0: in an argument Hmm. Mm -hmm. are you saying sugarcoating or are you saying like no
1: no no i'm saying be absolutely honest but don't be cutting
0: Mm -hmm. like there's no reason to make like real digs i believe because your intention is not necessarily to hurt that person while also to educate yeah to educate and and be honest about true to your feelings yeah
1: so at, by the end of the argument, I'm still right. Always. <laughs> and, but hopefully you've learned something. <laughs> I should have my own talk show. <laughs> Send me in your relationship questions. I have been in a relationship for tres años. Thank you. Thank you. And I still know nothing.
0: What would you say he has learned? If you could psychically connect into his Marcel little brain, what, how do you think he has grown in this relationship? We don't, we don't, we can cut this. We're not going to cut it.
1: (laughs) I think he's grown just to like relax. I could see that. To chill out. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he had less relationships than me. And thus, you get really wound up at first, of course, in the honeymoon phase of like, please, 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 give, 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 give. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just okay to be chill, chill, chill. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think he's learned how to just, like, grow and be mature and how to educate himself from the arguments we have.
0: Yes. Lots of growth. Learn how to take education.
1: What have you been up to? What's your big,
0: any big news? Any fun news? Um, I got a lot of big changes coming up. Ooh. So I'm not going to talk about them yet. Okay. They haven't happened yet. And anything could happen. Anything could happen at any moment. That's true. I live my life basically assuming that the big asteroid is coming within okay. 10 minutes so I better get my shit together
1: well at that point if it's coming in 10 minutes like you really don't
0: have to get anything well together. if I don't complete this crossword puzzle before the big asteroid comes I'm gonna be really mad and I think so will everyone else that's ever believed in me so I should probably like get my shit together like if I don't apply to this job if I don't you know I thought clean you were talking about an actual crossword puzzle and I was like nothing
1: frustrates me more
0: than a crossword puzzle Oh, really? No, I mean, the crossword puzzle was a metaphor for like labor and work, but why?
1: They're normally so random. And I have a lot of random trivia, but some of it is like, in what city was this museum built? And I'm like, I don't fucking know, dude. I was educated in Indiana. I barely believe there were mountains. I didn't even know there were mountains until I saw them, you know? Like, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. mm-mm. So I guess let's jump into it. Okay, so we're talking about satanic panic today. And honestly, I had no idea what this was.
0: Really, I've been obsessed with this for a really long time. That's so funny. (laughs) We are opposites. (laughs) And we complement each other. So what did you have assumptions about this going into it?
1: I assumed from the word satanic panic that we were either afraid of Satan or afraid of Satanism Mm -hmm. at one point. But since we now know Satanism is... Actually, not anything to really be afraid of Mm -hmm. except for like maybe entering the wrong room and it's like an orgy that you did not want to attend. Yes. I'm assuming it can't be about Satanism now.
0: I, having been exposed to this from a very young age, I think because either I had siblings that were much older than me and I spent a lot of time on the internet because I did not have a lot of friends.
1: Y'all middle schoolers on AIM just chatting about the satanic panic? All
0: the time in those (laughs) chat rooms. And yeah, so I've been really interested for a long time in the ways that we make assumptions about each other. Mm -hmm. And the satanic panic and sort of it's like reoccurring themes of there's a devil and he's out to get you personally and he's affecting the youths. That's so funny because
1: why would the devil care about you person?
0: In a billion fucking other person strangers? Because you... Because you're one of millions, he's trying to amass an army, right? Oh, okay. I Okay. And humans, I feel like, as individuals, uh, uniquely have this ability to be manipulated. It's like, you can manipulate a crowd and there's, like, this this pure pressure being a part of a crowd and making a choice and behaving a certain way. It's like, mm-hmm. we get that when we get into, like, these communities and within, like, all of these groups that we define our identities by. But then there's, like, something special with the way that a therapist can manipulate their client. That is, I think, a million times more sinister. Ooh. No, therapy. No, therapy is... Oh, sorry, I hit the microphone.
1: Therapy's good. Therapy's good. But if you haven't
0: listened to The Trick Next Door. Unless it's not. Unless it's not. Dun, dun, dun. So, satanic panic, what the fuck is this? There were a lot of things that led up to and and complicated what became the satanic panic in the 1980s, but in its simplest terms... The U.S. woke up one day to a quote-unquote reality. I feel like that happens a lot in the U.S. (laughs) They'll wake up in a cold sweat and they're like, Huh, the devil! He's here! Is police violence out of control in 2020? (laughs) They're just like, Was there fucking mud in your eyes? But they wake up to this, what I said in quotes is a reality, Mm -hmm. that satanic death cults were numerous and active all over the country, and that these cults wanted to eat your children. Oh. Yes. Okay. So, satanic death cults are engaging in what's called satanic ritualistic abuse, a term that we'll get to in a minute, and they're kidnapping your kids. They're abusing them, they're molesting them, and they're murdering them. These cult members are picking them up at playgrounds, at daycares, which you should remember, we're going to get that to that later, mm-hmm. and off, just like the goddamn street is they're walking home from getting you cigarettes because it's the 1980s and children do that still. That's crazy. So... This didn't just happen in the U.S. It happened in Australia, the U.K., South Africa, and Canada, so places that Britain owned (laughs) over a period of time, which I think says something. Is this just our British blood, like, all just going
1: in full force? Oh, yeah. Complete paranoia.
0: We have to control young women, (laughs) or they'll kill and eat babies, get abortions and smoke and wear pants. Oh, man, that sounds so much fun, though. So how could this happen? Let me tell you. The original Satanic Panic, which you might be familiar with if you listen to the Malleus Maleficarum episode. Great episode. So very good. A lot of this is going to sound familiar because a lot of it already happened back in the 1400s. Ah, history repeats. Over and over again. In the 1400s up until the 1700s, Europe and the U.S. kind of felt like the world was ending. Um, enough people believe that Satan's force in the world was very real and that he was assembling an army of witches and the damned to take over the world and dropkick it into hell. And to be honest, life was just pretty shit for those 300 years. Um, they went through like a little ice age, like there was horrible famine. like A little ice age. So you really can't blame them, but I also kind of feel like you can. <laughs> At that point, are they just hoping though? That this is are it? Are they like, please God, take me. I mean, do you hope the world is ending right now? that's kind of how I feel
1: (laughs) I'm not hoping it's ending (laughs) I feel like it's ending but I'm not hoping for that
0: now there's this thing that humans love to do called subversive ideology it's also called inversive ideology you take any kind of like prevailing moral value or ideology and you think of the opposite and you make assumptions about people that are you know other and assume that they are that sort of negative version of your ideology so here's an example Penelope is Catholic and likes to go to Mass on Sunday. There she sings hymns and praise. She then takes communion, eating the Eucharist, and drinking the wine. Okay. She's over here. She's great. She's got pigtails. She is 17, getting ready to marry her high school boyfriend. Love it. Now, in the inversive or subversive ideology pool over here on the other side is Lorraine, and she's not Catholic. So Penelope assumes that because Lorraine is not Catholic— she must go to a black mass where she sings and dances in a rude and sexual manner. She commits apostasy and makes dark prayers to the devil whereafter she eats the flesh and blood of unbaptized babies.
1: That one does sound more fun.
0: It does, I mean, have you ever been to a rave?
1: A rude and sexual manner, dancing in a rude and sexual manner. That's the only dancing I do. That's, this is all I've known. I mean to offend as many people as possible <laughs> when I dance.
0: <laughs> so as you can see... The reverse of the accepted ideology is extreme. I
1: wonder what Lorraine thinks of Penelope.
0: She's probably like, what a <laughs> fucking... No, boring I mean, person. I bet Lorraine just respects her. <laughs> she's like, you know, Penelope, I've known her since I was in kindergarten. And she's, you know, she's great. And she's great. <laughs> I've only, I really only see her on Facebook. And after the 2016 election, I muted a lot of her stuff. But I'm sure at her court, she's a great person. Yeah, yeah, yeah anyway, so the whole deal is that issues with subversive ideology come up in communities when they're going through a period of social change. So everyone is, like, feeling anxious about the future. They're like, I don't know what's going to happen. There's all of this upheaval. And everyone says, I need to find somebody to make responsible for my anxiety. So I'm going to pick, basically insert any marginalized group here. So it's, like, witches, uh, Jewish people, immigrants, Protestants, Catholics, Native people, and satanic death cults. So is
1: this a because the anxiety thing is interesting. Is this
0: kind of putting a face to one's fear of their own mortality? I think it's one's fear of anything. And I think mortality is a big part of it. But I think another part of it is like, what is the most good? What is right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, your fear of change, your fear of being proven wrong, like all of this anxiety about like your identity and your rightness and like, preserving whatever it is that your identity is, Mm -hmm. when that comes into question it creates an anxiety that you can't necessarily be like it's Hank over there! Hank? Hank is doing this to me (laughs) but if you have the ability to do that, oh god what a relief because it's not just me having to like have complex feelings about things you know. Ah yes, I don't have to change Hank has to change. That little bitch. Yeah. Ugly disgusting pocketed faced potato. Wow. Asked What? Hank hurt you, dude? Hank green and he knows why. So, <laughs> what was this massive social shift that happened in the US that threw us into a moral frenzy? A lot of stuff, and you really can't pin it on one thing. It's like this huge environmental shift. So, one, if you search child murders in 1970s, you'll get a Wikipedia article that lists Quote, the notable murders among thousands. It lists 533 particular child murders in the 1970s from the likes of serial killer Dean Kroll, the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders, the Atlanta child murders, and of course the Jonestown massacre that killed 314 children. Yikes. That is a lot. It's a lot. Of like kid that's murders. a lot, dude. Yeah. And also at the same time, it's kind of like people were not really thinking about their children. They're like, I work a day job. We're entering, like, a really weird economic situation. So women are back to work. Like, kids just go home and they're alone for a few hours. And their parents don't know where they're... They're not allowed to work at the factories anymore because of the unions. The unions! (laughs) Hank and his unions and his child labor laws. (laughs) Hank just wants fair wage for everyone. Hank's over there a little sign like, (laughs) equality. Equality. So... It's like in the 1970s and the 1980s. Do you remember? Like, I don't know if you would particular. Do I remember? If you would in I particular remember, uh-huh. but like they had those um, advertisements uh, at 10 o'clock at night. That it's like it's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? No. Yeah. This was a thing. This I was, was at home. Thing. You were at home. I was in well bed. watched. 10 p.m. <laughs> exactly. So two. Uh, Movies and media were really digging the devil at the time. So Rosemary's Baby came out in 1968. The Omen, so scary, honestly. I read the Wikipedia article and I was like, I can't go to bed. Like, you know,
1: it's like an old movie. So you're like, okay, I can put some distance. And then when it gets to like the climax, you're like, whoa, dude.
0: Watch party. Watch party. The Omen comes out in 1976. And then The Exorcist comes out in 1973, which... Tams said she slept with a Bible underneath (gasps) her pillow for a long time after that movie came out. That's so funny. So we got the media. We got the children. They're going missing. Then number three, the book Michelle Remembers was published in 1980 that details the account of Michelle Smith as she unearths repressed memories from her childhood with therapist and eventual husband, Lawrence Pastor. This woman, Michelle. Mm -hmm. She recovers this memory of her mom abusing her. Okay. Okay. And then that memory starts to transform into her mother being a part of a coven. And then that memory starts to transform into her mother abusing her through the coven. And it eventually settles on an 81-day ritual where this satanic worshiping cult summons the devil and offers her up as sacrifice and is only defeated thanks to the intervention of Jesus, the Virgin Mary, and Michael, the archangel hold up (laughs) right so this fucking book comes out and it's like it's real it's not fiction I'm stuck on the
1: 81 day ritual because if someone kidnaps me I'm not gonna know how many days I'm there (laughs) and even if I like write it on the wall like tally mark the wall yeah like you're in prison I can't tell you what happened on day five
0: this is true yeah
1: of 81 days that's over two months
0: yeah, that is. I'm like, did you look at the moon? Like, how did you... Oh, that's a good way to do it.
1: But like, do children know about the moon? Was she allowed to see the moon? I would assume you're like not seeing the moon. Right.
0: Because the witch coven, the satanic witch coven, wants the moon's power. And if you're a child looking at the moon, begging the begging. Jesus at moon Jesus to come down and protect you. But maybe that's how she did it. Maybe that's how Jesus got her letter. Maybe. So this book comes out. It's sold as like oh, this is an actual like nonfiction piece. And um, it sparks this thing called the recovered memory movement, which was huge in the 80s. And it's this idea that, okay, bad things happen to children and they don't remember them. And when they grow into adults, they have all this weird these weird personality traits. And so all you have to do, the reason that you're broken, the reason you're beating your wife, the reason you're an alcoholic is because you were probably molested as a child and you don't remember. And so it's a therapist's job to dig that up the problem is, usually, people remember most of or at least fractions of abuse that they suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't just forget about it. So yeah. telling someone, you've been abused. At some point, you tell that person enough, they're going to be like, yeah, I guess I have. I guess I do remember that. And then it becomes this false memory. And we were talking about this before. It becomes this false memory that is just as real to a person individually But it's a lie. And it's fucking awful.
1: I would just be so confused, honestly. Like, that's my only response to this.
0: And it gets a lot of people into trouble. So, number four. Teens did seem to be killing in the name of Satan at the time. Come on, teens. I'm always on your side. (laughs) Delisha's your only friend. And you do this in the 80s? Ugh. So, Melissa Ernest, Robert McIntyre, and Terry Belcher, which, bummer on that last name were convicted of strangling 15-year-old Teresa Simmons and performing a satanic ritual over her body before burying it in a backyard. Here's a problem. The only evidence they had was Terry's plea deal testimony. Okay. And Terry claimed to be a priest in a satanic coven with over 11 members, and he was 15. So I'm a little bit, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but it seems to me like you want to get out of this murder charge maybe I'd make up a big fucking lie about how it was a a satanic ritual and it wasn't my fault because I was in too deep. What
1: about if you just like don't murder?
0: Okay, what about number one? Alicia coming (laughs) at the teens from the fucking left field. Maybe don't murder people.
1: Maybe don't hurt others and little animals. And that's why we should go to therapy.
0: Good therapy. Maybe not
1: 1980s therapy. Now I don't trust that.
0: Okay, and here's the last one. So daytime talk shows super big in the 80s and 90s. And they're obsessed with this whole Satan is talking to our teens thing. Geraldo Rivera has a special called Exposing Satan's Underground, which you can watch on YouTube. But it's like all throughout the day, all this stuff about satanic ritual abuse, all this stuff about how like fucking Rosemary's baby is happening to you right now probably, is like reaching fucking moms and stay-at-home parents. And they're looking at their teens who are probably wearing lip rings now, and they're like, "Is my child gonna become a Satanist?" This is the world you're living in.
1: This is why we don't let rapists like Roman Polanski make movies. Yeah, because it scares us too
0: much. It just a scary person. <laughs> it was just very scary. So kids are actually going missing, and the U.S. is suddenly awoken to a harsh reality that their kids are not safe. People are molesting, kidnapping, and killing children. Children are killing children. There's all these devil-ass movies out there. Geraldo is interviewing Catholic priests who say, yes, the devil can possess you. And then Michelle Remembers is published, sold as a nonfiction. And everyone is anxious. Women are in suit jackets and they (laughs) don't know what to do with all of this. Change!
1: With with the big shoulders for Jesus.
0: Huge shoulders. Huge shoulders
1: for Jesus. For
0: carrying Jesus, your Jesus pyramid, all of the women stand on each other's shoulders to reach him and hold him on high. I love that.
1: Oh, man. So that is so interesting because... My research for it was like a little different from a political angle, but it all feeds into each other as above, so below, of course. Hell yeah. But a lot of this, like, we're going to talk about death cults at your child's daycare, which was like a huge panic during this time. This is some Reagan era shit. I honestly don't know enough about Reagan's politics to really critique either way. So I found this very, very interesting. But the Reagan era was full of population growth, urbanization, the double income family, and just this increased panic of protecting the nuclear family. Like you are protecting your own unit, especially with mothers and fathers both in the workforce. Now we need to like send our little, little children somewhere. Teens, I guess we're just going to let them go wild. Cause Yeah. Can't afford a babysitter. And if they're teens, like, your babysitter's probably a teen, too. Uh, It's just, like, the the teens are
0: kissing, you know. Exactly. It's too much. They're making out their babysitter, and then what happens? Satan comes through her tongue. And I don't trust grandma to watch them, apparently. so.
1: But daycares mean that you will be leaving your child, like, your joy, your moon, your shining stars, to be hanging out all day with a stranger. So big stranger danger, which, I mean, if you're living in this time and you see... A bunch of kids are being murdered, or abducted, or molested, or something like. I all this panic makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it feels very rational,
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially for. I would think that was a long list of murders that actually did happen. Yeah, so these are the things that actually didn't happen, but came about from this crazed satanic panic. So spurred by the fear of Michelle remembers and this unease with all the change that is happening in the world. This new satanic panic fear was that your local daycare center was doing satanic rituals on your children while you are at work. Which also sounds like a very weird way of trying to keep mothers at the home and not doing this double income thing. So I'm very yeah. curious what feminism, because this would be right after second wave feminism. Really curious how that informed some of that.
0: Well, I'm sure that it is like a anxiety of like, what is motherhood for at the time? Like there's all of this pressure, which kind of comes to our final segment, but like all of this pressure of like, well, previously I knew what my role was as mother and mm-hmm. now I'm not home because I have this great paying job and I want to follow my dreams and I have an education. So like, what do I do with all of this energy and all of this pressure? Yeah. And it's making me hyper-focused on my fucking children. And now I'm a helicopter parent. I'm going to ruin them even more. <laughs> Just going to fuck them up. Love that. Love it. So we're
1: going to talk about three cases that happened. And they're all super bummers, guys. So Aww. this is like story two of witches in the news. Like, repeat, repeat, repeat.
0: Are you happy? Are we <laughs> Here, ready? Are we settled? Well, Get we, comfy. I'll make some jokes, some bad jokes. Here, I'll interrupt and I'll be like, why did the chicken cross the road? Why? Um, Because she was worried about her kids in the preschool. And (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, we're going.
1: We're going to talk about McMartin Preschool. A court case began in 1983 called the McMartin Preschool Trial, which ended up being the longest, largest, and most expensive trial in California history. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. The case was against the McMartin Preschool based in Manhattan Beach, California, which I've taken you to. Very lovely pier. Lovely. Very safe vibes. Of course, this is like 2015 when we went, so way different than the 80s, I can assume. Yes. Allegations were made that the seven children at McMartin Preschool kidnapped the daycare children, flew them in an airplane to an unknown location, forced them to engage in group sex, and also forced them to watch animals being tortured and killed. The case began with a single accusation from a mother of one of the students and then grew rapidly as investigators began informing the other parents of the ongoing investigation at the preschool. A child service nonprofit called the Children's Institute began interviewing children at the preschool about their experiences there. The questioning was led by Key McFarlane, who was an unlicensed psychotherapist, which I don't even know how you can claim the word psychotherapist with the word unlicensed before it. Amateur. Amateur. I am an amateur therapist, psychotherapist, please. Mm-hmm. McFarland had known zero, zero, zero guys, psychological or medical training at all. Yet she was somehow given the green light to interview these children, which she- is already crazy. It's like in fucking California, 40 minutes away from Los Angeles, you can't find one licensed therapist to take this on. That's crazy. Okay. Was she
0: like somebody's
1: daughter? Or something. I mean, she was always someone's daughter.
0: Well, yes, we're all someone's daughter. (laughs) I'm actually unsure. She might have been, though. Who knows?
1: I don't know where she came from.
0: Wow. I want to look into that.
1: Yeah. McFarlane and her associates would use coercive wording to get the children to tell the truth, but it was more like to get the children to tell the truth that the adults wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. This interrogation is believed to have created false memories in the children. Out of 400 children interviewed... The interviewers believed 359
0: children had been abused. Wow. Also, the strength of those 41 children. Yeah. That were like, no. That (laughs) takes it, I think it takes a very strong willed, almost defiant child to be like,
1: no. Yeah. Which then also means 359 of these children are now working adults. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully, they're still alive that just have this weird memory or have to block this out all the time. Like, very weird. Like, I'm very curious what the psychological mindset is for these children grown up now. Yeah. Because I bet it could be very, very sad. Yeah. Among the other allegations that the children were saying were things like the daycare owners would flush the children down toilets. What the fuck? That's that's such a kid thing, though. Uh. If they had to make up something, like, Oh, I don't know. They flushed me in a toilet. What? (laughs) You don't even fit in a fucking toilet. What does that mean? Are Are you getting a swirly? Are they swirling you? Like, what? (laughs) Or that they had built secret underground tunnels to transport the children to ritual ceremonies, that they had ritually sacrificed a baby, and even that they could turn witches, like turn into witches and fly.
0: Oh my gosh. Wait, so these motherfuckers, these 80s, these cops. With their big mustaches. Large, very large mustaches. Are like, oh, so these people can fly. Yeah. I'm going to believe this toddler. Yeah. Which I mean, for
1: that, it could be like, oh, they're scared. Like the kid is scared and thinks that these people have supernatural abilities, which might not be true. But if they're still scared, then I guess there's some idea of reliability to that kind of fear. Mm hmm. But I'm kind of stuck on the sacrificing a baby one. It's like, did no one say that their baby went missing? Yeah,
0: you're like, you could just look at... <laughs> In Manhattan Beach? It's not that big. They're not... Yeah, this is true. Interesting.
1: This court case received national media attention, like, duh.
0: These that kids are sense. saying babies are sacrificed.
1: Yeah. Which really did ramp up the fear of having children hang around strangers and this whole satanic panic morality thing. In 1990, so that's how many years later, we got... If it's 83, 1990, so seven years later, every single charge dismissed. The jurors criticized the interviewing techniques that investigators had used in their investigations of the school, alleging that interviewers had coaxed children into making unfounded accusations, repeatedly asking children the same questions and offering various incentives until the children reported having been abused.
0: Crazy. This is
1: most expensive court case in California history. Based on a fucking lie. People are like, God damn, you guys wasted my time. The demonologist was like, I thought we had
0: them. I finally mom, all, all my doc, university research. Is there like one guy who's like been disgraced? Just from trying every to find cult. the Illuminati this whole yes, time.
1: Yes. <laughs> then we have the country walk case. In 1983, Cuban immigrants Frank Fuster and his wife Ileana were accused of molesting eight children in Miami through their babysitting service called the Country Walk Babysitting Service. Beautiful name.
0: Easy. Easy. Easily googleable but they didn't
1: have Google at the time, but they could have looked it up. In total, 20 children made claims against the couple. Janet Reno prosecuted the case, which went to trial despite having a lack of physical evidence and the wild number of children making unsubstantiated and embellished claims of dark satanic rituals with the couple after more interviews that were deemed coercive.
0: This is why you can't... Always talk to children like they're adults. Yeah. Like you have to be, uh, sorry. Gotta be on their level. Ileana
1: was an undocumented immigrant and she was encouraged to testify against her husband after being placed in solitary confinement for weeks. Awful. And being visited by therapists who also used coercive questioning and memory recovery to get her to change her statements.
0: And also, if you, I mean, back to that Molly S. episode where they would just fucking torture. And ask over and over and over again, like, this is Until you, like, give up, yeah. Yeah, and and you're you're just, like, fine. Of course.
1: Yeah. Sociologist Richard Ofschi said this about Ileana. Ileana Fuster was hypnotized repeatedly prior to trial that Ileana has personality characteristics that indicate a high level of suggestibility coupled with a great desire to please. That the testimony she eventually gave against her husband is likely to have included a great many elements that were suggested to her by her therapist in the weeks leading up to the trial. And that as a result, her trial testimony cannot be considered reliable, factual, or as historical truth.
0: She was in solitary confinement for weeks and had people being like, tell us. Also, she
1: was an undocumented immigrant. So already she's in trouble. Yeah. And she doesn't want to get in more trouble. Mm hmm. And she doesn't and want to go. This is
0: Cuba in the 80s.
1: Or this is Miami in the 80s.
0: Also true. Well, she's yeah. Cuban,
1: isn't she? I don't think it's. A, I think she's Honduran.
0: Cuba. Think oh, Frank. He's Cuban. He's Cuban. Yeah. I retract my statement. So, of
1: course, that's also a weird thing because we have the Bay of Pigs happening. Yes. And people are allowed to come over except for this fuck. Look, coming from a different country and now part of a satanic ritual. Hmm. This is why we don't invite immigrants in, isn't it?
0: <sighs> the Reagans.
1: The Reagans! Ileana eventually pled guilty while telling the court at the same time that she was innocent, but that she wanted to get this all over. So she was like, fine, I'm guilty, but I'm innocent. Wow. Ileana was sentenced to 10 years in prison, served three years, and then was deported.
0: For doing nothing besides dreaming of having a better life. Exactly. Oh yeah, ay, ay.
1: Frank was sentenced to six consecutive life terms or a minimum of 165 years in prison. As of 2020, this fucking year, Frank Fuster continues to serve a 165-year prison sentence. His many appeals and requests for clemency have been unsuccessful, and he has lacked legal representation since 2003, and he will not be eligible for parole until 2134.
0: What? He's still in there. He's still in there. For claims that have no physical evidence yep. and were course confessions. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. If you were a white man, probably wouldn't be in there. No.
1: But Cuban man? Eh. It is pretty awful. Jesus fucking Christ. Last one, because all of these are such a bummer. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, man. So crazy. Oak Hill. In Oak Hill, Texas in 1991, Fran Keller and her husband Dan owned a small daycare and were accused of repeatedly and sadistically abusing several children. A three-year-old girl was the first to accuse the couple, and then two other kids offered similar accusations. The children said that the couple served them blood-laced Kool-Aid. Ew. And forced them to have videotaped sex with adults and other children. Blood-laced Kool-Aid? I can be like, yes, a child could think of that. Sex with adults and other children? I have no idea how that would even get a into a child's mind.
0: Should not know about that. About that, unless something awful has happened to them before they came to daycare. Or if someone told them. Told them about it. Yeah. exactly.
1: They also accused the Kellers of forcing them to watch the dismemberment and torture of animals and that they would take the children on several plane trips to Mexico where they were sexually abused by soldiers before returning to Austin in time to meet their parents at the daycare. And bitch, we know planes don't work like that. They don't. They not don't even in like the that.
0: 80s universe. No.
1: When the accusations arose, the Kellers fled the state, which seems very guilty. Not going to lie, guys. Suspicious. Later explaining that their decision to leave was due to the fear of seeing these other sentences that were going on for daycares that have been impacted by the satanic panic phenomena. And it's like, okay, the California one, the Miami one, but there were so many others. A lot. A lot of others. So I can kind of understand being like, I guess we should leave. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't fucking know what else to do. It seems like everyone's guilty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can kind of feel that. But obviously, if you're fleeing, that does kind of imply guilt.
0: I, it almost makes me think, is there something else that they weren't like? Is this a money laundering yeah. scheme? <laughs> they were pushing credit card fraud, Coke money through the daycare <laughs> service or something. And they didn't want to get found out. Or maybe, you know, maybe you can just be afraid. Yeah, that's normal.
1: The trials for the Kellers was only six days long. So we have California lasting like seven years. And he, over here in Texas, mighty justice, big state Texas, six days. We get to the point. We're done. The first child whose testimony began the investigation at first stated that no abuse had actually been taken place. But then she had been coached to claim that abuse had occurred.
0: So on the stand, she says nothing happened. And then a prosecutor comes and says, but do you remember Slides of Warther's original? Of <laughs> Do you remember about the this parrot thing? that pinched your pee pee? Yeah, right. The Mexican soldiers. Fuck. Like, oh, yes.
1: Hmm. How much do I like Werther's? Joking aside, the only physical evidence of abuse that was presented was by an emergency room physician who examined the three year old girl on the night she had first accused Dan Keller. The doctor testified at the trial that there were two tears in the girl's hymen, which was consistent with the accusation of sexual abuse. So, understandable that you'd be like, this is not normal for a three-year-old, possible sexual abuse. My only rebuttal is this hymen thing is a fucking lie. It is. And that you can ride a horse and break your hymen. Like, there are so many ways you can naturally break
0: your hymen before
1: having sex that that's not even enough to really go by.
0: Yeah. I mean, she could have ridden a little bicycle. Yeah. It she could have
1: fallen. She's three. They fall all the time. They are tumbling they all the time. just love tumbling. The Kellers were both found guilty and were given sentences of 48 years each. Three years after the trial, the same doctor said in a like, slideshow presentation on normal pediatric hymens, which included a photo... That it was identical to the one of the girl. So this is a normal hymen, even though it has two tears in it. But it's still normal for a three-year-old girl.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Meaning that, bitch, you just lied three years ago.
0: I also think people don't fucking know anything about people's who have vaginas' bodies. Oh, they don't yeah. know anything about the bodies also of young, like, little kids. Totally. It's like, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah. To the point where in the 80s, they would believe the hymen myth. In
1: 2013, at a new trial, the doctor said under oath about the hymen accusation that he was mistaken. Whoops. Whoops. You know. in jail. Whoops. What? How many years later is that? 1991 to 2013? Oh, nearly 20 years later, sir. Now now I will say that it was a mistake. Sorry, guys. My, my B. Both of the Kellers were released in 2013 due to the flawed medical examinations of the children, the prosecution withholding information from the defense, lack of physical evidence of abuse, and the unreliability of child testimony due to them being so open to suggestion and coercion. On June 20th, 2017, the district attorney's office announced that the case against the Kellers had been dismissed, citing actual innocence. I'd be so pissed. They were like, actually... You're innocent. You're like, yeah. You're like, fuck you, fucking no, dude. (laughs) Come on. The ruling made them eligible for compensation for the 21 missed years of their lives. In August of 2017, so a few months later, they were awarded $3.4 million for the wrongful conviction. So it's like, what's the price of a human life? I guess in these scenarios, you find
0: out. Well, they're probably, I mean, if they were adults in the 80s lost 20 years two decades of their lives like if they wanted to have kids of their own if they had any if they already had kids of their own how do you lose out on like 20 years of having a relationship with your child Like, with
1: your even with your significant other yeah like like, you've got your jail girlfriend now then we were also thinking of talking about uh the satanic panic in terms of like rock and roll songs of the time which We're supposed to contain subliminal messaging, but we think this is so spooky and wacky as fuck that we would love to dive in deeper on that subject at a different time. It's nuts. So we're clocking it, and it's a weird thing, and it sounds like fun to talk about, so we'll leave it for later.
0: A little treat. A little little teaser. So that's a lot of stuff.
1: So the question being, could something like this happen again? And I think
0: absolutely. Tell me your reasoning.
1: It's just... It's so similar to the Salem witch trials and other witch hunts and even kind of relates to McCarthyism and the Red Scare. And I don't know, it just, it happened in the early 1980s. Like, that's not that long ago. No. Like, it's before we were born, but not by much. No, yeah. And I just, I don't, I think people just have a hard time learning the lessons.
0: It's, it's, there's something extremely sinister about, like, the spiritual element of this mm-hmm. that, like, completely dehumanizes people to the point of, like, we believe they're fucking eating babies. Yeah. It's 1980 and they're eating babies, like, the and the fact that they're doing it for, like, the ultimate evil. Yeah. That just, the leaps, the assumptions to be, like, we need legislation. Yeah. <laughs> Against these baby-eating Satanists. There's a part of me that's like, oh, this can happen again because of the internet. There's another part of me that's like this could super happen again because of the internet. Yeah. Deep fakes.
1: A hundred percent. Oh yeah. Like QAnon is blowing up and yeah. stuff, which is full of like conspiracy theories
0: and That's totally I could actually talking about fucking kid molesting rings yeah. of Pizzagate and QAnon. Oh, right. That's totally I forgot
1: about Pizzagate, dude.
0: Like that's I think I
1: threw it in an applause. Compartments and put it away on a back shelf.
0: (laughs) A very tiny drawer in the memory palace.
1: Yeah. But then you even have like weird real things like Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. That whole thing where it's like we have all these allegations no information. The person in question is dead. Mm -hmm. And then it's like okay but how often could these like these incidences happen? And if it's something where oh maybe it could happen a lot more then you think then that would easily be able to be like picked up and used and weaponized. And I think we're in a very interesting place right now. Mm -hmm. Post-pandemic, like a lot of people are going out doing their thing. A lot of people still aren't. Yeah. And which is good on you if you're one of the people who still aren't doing anything or don't feel comfortable doing things in, you know, quote unquote public. Nothing's as public as it once was. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that could lead to other fear and also that idea of like protecting the family, the core unit of the family. Like we're protecting against disease. We can't be around other people. And maybe that makes the definition of other a bit larger. Yeah. But just this fear of like we have to protect our own. And especially now with the government and everything.
0: Oh, gestures to
1: everything. I just gesture, big gesture. It's not like they're helping. No. Like the... The unemployment was good when it was happening. And it's been on a hiatus for like over a month now, which is still kind of crazy for those millions unemployed. Schools aren't back in school, stuff like that. Like, And the government being like, well, schools should be back in – like lots and lots of things. And it's this distrust that the only person who actually gives a fuck about you has to be your core unit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, I mean, that's going to lead to our destruction ultimately. Yeah. If we keep this mindset like – We have to be able to trust the community that we're in Mm -hmm. and, like, grow and help each other and, like, help a stranger when you can.
0: Yeah.
1: Or you're going to get into this, like, weird thinking and fucking actual witch hunt someone, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that term is, like, so overused for, like... Oh,
1: especially, like, the past four years in politics, witch hunt has been, like, grabbed by the Trump administration for anything that anyone says is,
0: like, against... Like, in opposition any to Any kind of critical analysis Yeah, is, oh, you're witch hunting. Like, this whole idea of the other being so polarized that mm-hmm. even humanizing the other becomes, like, a kind of moral deficiency. Yeah. Because it's so much easier to take, I mean, this is, like, a whole other fucking huge conversation that we can't entirely consume on this podcast, but it's, like, if you take, like, the other, the other to me would be most likely, like, a red hat, sort of MAGA hat person. Based on, like, a single assumption or, like, a single identifier, I can then use inverse ideology to make all kinds of assumptions that make them um, complete polar opposites to me. Yeah. And then...
1: Well, and it's also... The opposite, too, because a lot of Republicans are saying, like, Republicans love their country. Democrats apparently don't give a fuck anymore. And it's like, that's also not good thinking. Yeah. Like, it works both ways, mm-hmm. which is why everything's bipartisan and polarizing. But it just sucks. It's
0: so hard to, like, hold these complex Rubik like, each individual person is, like, a complex Rubik's cube. Yeah. That, like, it is impossible to truly know them I mean, it doesn't mean we sh- we shouldn't keep trying. Like, we definitely have to. But, like, using, like, these tactics that lead to panic mm-hmm. and lead to forcing kids to admit that they got taken to Mexico and were raped by soldiers. Like, that doesn't seem like the way to go. Yeah. Uh, do we have to go Witches in the News? Can it all be? Some of the Witches
1: in the News is good. Okay. Well, two. Well, yeah, two.
0: Okay. All
1: right. A well, few people die, but it's okay.
0: Um, in conclusion, I think for this section is um, remain vigilant, remain critical, and give a shit about other people. Trust others. I don't know. Do you have anything? I guess I like to be vigilant. I like be critical. And I think be kind. Oh, be
1: kind. Yeah. Even when it's hard. Because you don't, you don't know what that person's thinking. Or you not in a oh my god they're gonna attack me kind of way like you know mm-hmm. you don't know what their day was like no one knows what anyone's
0: days are like ever mm-hmm. so just being kind is a be nice <laughs> great gift to yourself yeah it is a heavy and bountiful gift to give to yourself yeah it is the cornucopia of the good feelings the good feelings so moving on to do 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 which is in the News! Hey, yay. yay! This is, we're done with the Satan! Oh, Maybe?
1: Yes. Done with Satan. Definitely. First up, we've got a new live-action Mulan. And we have our newest bad bitch witch in Mulan. Hell yeah. After a pandemic-sized <laughs> delay <laughs> to the release of the live-action remake of Mulan, Disney Plus has now offered the movie through its streaming service. And in that movie, a new character... By the name of, and I haven't heard it yet, so I'm really hoping I'm saying it right, Xian Yang, that is creating quite a witchy buzz. Xian Yang, played by actress Gong Li, is a witch with many dark talents, including the power to possess other bodies (laughs) and the ability to shape shift into various forms. Like, love this bad bitch energy. Amanda Silver, one of the writers on the new Mulan remake, said that there was a major theme running through the new live-action remake. Silver says the truth is that women with power have been vilified for a very long time. The more powerful they are, the more threatening they can be.
0: The bigger the shoulder pads, the pointier their perspective. Yes.
1: According to an interview with Vanity Fair, they use that narrative to fuel Gong's character, making her the witchy right-hand woman for the villainous Bori Khan, who is the new Shan Yu villain for us who know the old animated classic. Wonderful. Because of her power, Xian Young has lived a life in exile and has found that working for the murderous Bori is the closest thing she'll find to acceptance.
0: Oh, no. I know. Isn't that a
1: beautiful, like, little character arc that we're beginning? I'm so excited. Me, too. You can stream the new Mulan on a Disney Plus account near you. To be warned, the film is $30, but also, to be fair, if you buy the film and have at least two people watch it, that's the price that you would have paid if you had gone to the movie theaters. All right, to our... Raw fucking gross ass meat in the middle.
0: Oh God, so raw. Oh, the fat.
1: We're going to talk about Sassy Wood in Liberia. Back in late July, a woman named Sarah Togba was accused along with 13 others of being responsible for the death of a 58-year-old man. During the funeral rites, which all of this really sounds like hearsay, during the funeral rites, the man's children confessed to being witches themselves and said they knew who caused the death of their father which seems very... Why are you... Hmm, confessed? Ah, okay. They mentioned Sarah's name along with the 13 other people. All those accused verbally denied the accusations, but Sarah, who has been accused of being a witch on many occasions, decided she wanted to clear her name by voluntarily taking the sassy wood. What is this? The tradition is that there is a tree in the bush that is called the sassy wood tree, and if you eat the bark of that tree and you're innocent, nothing will happen to you. If you are guilty and eat the bark then eating the sassy wood will kill you. Is it poisonous? Yes. Oh, no. Multiple people saw Sarah go into the bush and come back with sassy wood tree in her mouth. And unfortunately for her, Sarah suddenly fell and died on the spot. Because it was poisonous. Yep, exactly. So by you taking it and you're innocent and nothing will happen to you, the tree is super, super poisonous. If you eat the tree and nothing happens to you, that means you'll immediately throw up what you just ate so that the poison isn't in your body.
0: Oh, no, And if you don't
1: immediately throw up, that poison courses through your cute little body and you die, like, relatively quickly.
0: Oh, Sarah.
1: Sarah voluntarily ate the sassy wood, which many witnesses said no one forced her to do so. However, eating the sassy wood or drinking a potion that uses sassy wood is known as a trial by ordeal in Liberia which means that you have to conquer this thing that will most likely kill you or else it means you're a witch. So it's similar to like the torture from Salem Witch Trials. Oh, yeah. Other witch hunts. Like, oh, well, if this thing doesn't happen to you, even though it's like you're causing pain, Mm -hmm. you're causing pain, you're causing torture, this thing is supposed to hurt you. But I mean, you know, by God's grace, you're going to be innocent.
0: That's like, okay, we're going to tie up a witch. We're going to tie up a little girl. We're going to throw her into the river. If she floats... She's a witch. If she dies and float and sinks to the bottom, she wasn't a witch. And it's a shame because we killed a little girl. Yeah. And I'm like, god damn it. So
1: it's like, eat this thing or drink this potion. And hopefully your body is just like, Hoo! and you throw it about. Oh. And then hopefully none of it's left over.
0: That's so awful. And
1: if that's not the case, then, <laughs> dog, you just got poisoned.
0: Oh, that's awful.
1: So, yes. And so, as a fun little thing... In the year 2020, things like this still happen in other places. Probably here too. Probably all over. Probably all over. But the more you know. <laughs> exactly. For our last story, we are going to read the obituary of Holly Blair, an Idaho witch whose obituary has recently gone viral. This is her obituary Holly Blair exploded into glitter and bats on August 17th, 2020. She is survived by four spoiled cats, Mm. two stinky dogs, three bad birds, a turtle, and an utterly useless frog named Fred, as well as three children and a husband of little to no importance. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Derek. (laughs) I tried to divorce him my whole life. (laughs) Her remains will be interred under a tree with a ridiculous multitude of animals she rescued, both wild and domestic. Her future plans include drinking beer with Terry Pratchett and flying across the moon on her broomstick on Halloween. She has also promised to communicate with us from the beyond via the cockatiel psyche. What? I don't know. One of the bad birds. I don't know. We ask that everyone carve extra jack-o'-lanterns on Halloween this year in her honor. All hail the Wicked Witch of Juniper Road. Oh, Holly. Holly! Holly! Thank you for that enjoyable obituary, and we hope that you enjoy your broomstick ride across the
0: moon this Halloween. Was that lovely? That was so lovely. That was so sweet. Psst. Sorry about your husband, Holly. Sorry. <laughs> Did he do something to you? Oh,
1: she doesn't care. She's like, "Fuck this man, I'm out." Sorry uh, about those bad
0: birds, though. Also true, man. <laughs> but we love Fred. You don't have to be useful in order to be wonderful. Yeah. All right, so we're moving into our final segment. I don't know if you guys know this, but every time we move into the final segment, Alicia and I do hands. We we gesture them. We, we blood them. circulating. We do, oh, I don't know if any anyway, of my bones will pop.
1: Which is normally a bad time too because we have to have the AC off. So we've just been sweating and it does oh, kind of smell so every time
0: we lift our arms. I used men's deodorant this morning. Oh, wait, are there men's deodorant? Let's move into our spell. Do it. This is a ritual to reject the pressure to be feminine, originally, but I think we could change it to any gender. Hell yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about this spell from the book Basic Witches by Jaya Saxena and Jess Zimmerman. I think about it whenever I'm speaking to my team at work or whenever I get on a Zoom call and I'm looking at myself instead of everyone else. Did you know, fun fact, because I didn't know, you can turn that
1: guy off. Me? You can turn yourself off once you're on the Zoom call.
0: Like, so no one else can see me or I can't see me? So, like, you can't see you. Uh, this is a game changer. Fuck this spell. <laughs> We're going straight to credits. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um I also think about it a lot when I'm, like, at my boyfriend's place and I'm, like, eating chips and playing video games. I think about it when I'm writing jokes for this podcast, actually. Like, maybe they're too much. Maybe they're too masculine. Maybe they're too dirty. I, the dirtier, the better for the podcast. <laughs> this is a ritual spell to reject the superimposed pressure to be feminine. The pressure mm-hmm. from outside mm-hmm. and then replace that burden with the ways that you define your own femininity love it so this is what you're going to need uh, newspaper cardboard something to protect your table because you're gonna make a mess <laughs> <laughs> just like the nail polish let's put yes. those newspapers yeah. out but you're gonna put out like a little line of toilet paper <laughs> um you're gonna need two sheets of white paper okay a tube of pink or red lipstick And then a pen of any color, your favorite color. I love that. Purple for me. So you're going to lay down your little safety mat, your newspaper or whatever, and then place one sheet of white paper on top of it. Um, If you need to weigh down your newspaper so it doesn't shift, maybe like a big quartz. Oh. Maybe like a black tourmaline. Ooh. Then you're going to take the lipstick and write on the paper all the ways you've been pressured to be feminine. And then the author stressed this in their book, make a mess, press really hard and use the entire tube. Um, because the paper doesn't need to be legible. It's just supposed to hold like this emotional intent. It is a vessel for all of the things that you have been told are not in alignment with what your genitals are. Mm. Once you've used up all of the lipstick, set the container to the side because you're going to use it later. Take that piece of paper and fold it up seven times because that's the most you can fold up most pieces of paper. Did you know this? So just until it's like super tiny? Basically. Okay, not an airplane. Not an I'm airplane. I'm doing like these other folds. She's like origami. It's a little tiger. The swan. The swan. So you've uh, folded up your piece of paper. You've turned it into a little alligator. And then you're going to bury that fucker in some dirt. Love it. So in dirt, paper takes about two to six weeks to decompose. As it breaks down, so does its burden over you. Return to your altar. On your second sheet of paper. Wait.
1: After I bury it, or two to six weeks later. Oh, right after you bury oh, okay. it. Okay. So this is
0: just like, okay, so you've done this one task. You're gonna feel over the next few weeks as this this weight, these dumbbells that are on your shoulders and on whatever else, wherever else you keep your genitals mm-hmm. on my shoulders, and then you're gonna feel that weight lift off of you. Perfect. Back to the present, not Back in the to future the times. You're gonna return to your altar and on your second sheet of paper, using the pen in your favorite color. Write all the ways you want to be seen, the things that make you feel valuable and loved.
1: Aww. In my favorite color too? Yes. Oh, I
0: love that. So this is um, something that I think that I really love about myself is that I'm not afraid to be the first person on the dance floor. I'm not afraid to act all goofy and use silly voices um, in front of anyone. I'm almost always entirely myself. Love that. I'm also really hot.
1: So fucking first house energy in this bitch right here, you guys. It's
0: all I got. I'm fun at parties. So then you're going to fold that paper up three times and then roll it up like you're making a little tiny secret scroll. Yeah. like she's- <laughs> Like you're sniffing Coke, I guess. <laughs> and then you're going to roll it up and put that into the tube of lipstick. Love it. And then slide that lipstick tube. Underneath your pillow. Right next to the Bible that you're keeping. Right next to the Bible after you watch. Satanic Panic. Yes. And then um, probably all the other jars you keep under there. Yeah. It's like a princess in the peace situation. This, like you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and then you're going to sleep with it for three days. And that's it. Um, I really want to thank again uh, J.S. Saxena and Jess Zimmerman. Um, you should really buy their book Basic Wishes. Wishes. It's witches. Whatever. I don't know what we do here. I wish for you to put that on your wish list for Amazon. Maybe not. Anyway, Not Amazon. This is devolving. But anyway, (laughs) so this is a really wonderful classic, like, good vibes only. Like, you have agency, modern witch investment that I find is really great to pull out from time to time. It's, like, not a super, like, scholarly thing, but it has always brought me a great amount of joy.
1: That's fucking amazing.
0: You're fucking amazing. Let's break down these gendered stereotypes. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. And that's it, dude. Oh my God. We're done.
1: I love it. We would like to thank Marcel Perez, our producer, Mallory Porter, our creative director, and Kevin McLeod for the music that we use for the intro and outro each week.
0: Ooh, the intro and the outro. Woo! I'd also like to thank Gold underscore Lion for their review on Apple Podcasts. Gorgeous review. I really appreciate it. It was wonderful. I'd really like to encourage you to head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Please write something. Um, You could write anything. You could write, a Satan ate my baby. A Satan ate your baby. (laughs) You could write. Satanic
1: panic is bringing the crushing weight of my own mortality into my own consciousness. And I am slowly breaking apart into little pieces. Alicia, don't cry. Five stars.
0: Five stars. (laughs) Um, and then each episode we pick a particularly juicy review from the podcast review tree and we read it at the top of the show in addition we would really like to encourage you to pick three friends it's spooky season pick three friends and let them know about our show pick your favorite episode send it to them and then hope for the best I guess I guess yeah (laughs) I mean honestly I feel like we're in good taste you have good taste by listening to us all your friends are going to be like oh my god yes Lorraine, queen yes she knows what's up yeah send it to penelope if you want to find alicia you can find me on instagram at alicia period
1: herder that's my name it's pretty simple and yes. if i would like to find you tara
0: um i'm tara and i have an instagram as well it's not my name that's i okay. really should have gotten in on that game early but i think i'm too deep so if you're gonna find me you can change at any time i don't know if i can <laughs> um You can find me at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. And then if you want to look at my selfies and pictures of food, that's underscore little moss. It's on private right now. So if you follow Witch Yes, I I usually go to your profile. If you follow Witch Yes or Alicia also, then I'll add you in. If you don't, I usually wait. You'll sit in my little (laughs) waiting Purgatory. Yeah. Instagram purgatory.
1: Yeah. And of course, we're on Instagram at Witch Yes. Share an episode in your stories. Tag us. We'll feature you in our stories. Also, we have these very dope quizzes on Instagram stories that we do every Friday following an episode. So good. They're wonderful. And if you don't like Instagram, you can always contact us via email at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. Or we have a Facebook group called Which Yes, the Facebook Coven. And you got to answer our three questions because we're like a fucking troll. Mm-hmm. Answer correctly, get in. Also, they fucking... They started a book club on their own. They started, a, a, I'm no part of it. I have no idea what that group's like. Godspeed.
0: Yeah. They're doing great things. Great things. On their own. They're all lovely. and They
1: mobilized. They, they left did. the group.
0: <laughs> like, we don't like these wee wh- women and their memes.
1: You can also find us on Patreon. $5 Patreon witches and above are getting two extra episodes a month. Think of how much work. We are doing, to give you guys two episodes a month, they just received a Halloween and COVID episode, and the next one will be King Tut, A Deep Dive.
0: Ooh, so deep. So, So
1: deep. In the dirty of the tombs. And guys, like, you're super, super running out of time. If you are a United States citizen to register to vote and to complete your census, census ends at the end of September and probably registering to vote is also ending soon if it has not yet ended for you already. Like, get on it, guys. We got an election coming up. You need to get counted. We need to get this fucking federal money into our local communities and make the most of it and empower us. Locally.
0: Oh, my God. The fire and the energy in her eyes. You have
1: to do it. It's so, so important. Encourage everyone you know to fill out the census. Encourage everyone you know to register to vote. And then you actually have to go vote. We're not, we're not done with that. Mm-hmm. You register, then you go. You will hear more about that next month. Dun, dun,
0: dun, dun, dun. Also buy our merch. Okay. <laughs> okay. And this has been which Yes. <laughs> buy our merch buy 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 our merch Ooh, ooh, look at my sweet pictures of my boobs in that shirt in in, in that shirt and in that sweatshirt wearing masks wear we're wearing masks this is already cut this ooh, is gone i love it i love it
1: we do look hot in those pictures though